Good evening. Good evening. Uh, I sat in there, and I, I don't know if Pastor ever does this, but uh, I get in the car, and if I've got to preach or teach, I get halfway to church, and I say, oh, can I forget my Bible? Have you ever done that? And you get back, and you look, and it's too late to go home. And I thought of something uh, back years ago. We used to have preacher fellowships, and uh, if we'd get down, I mean, they'd get down and they'd pray, and somebody would stand up and they'd say, well, I believe it's the will of God for so-and-so to preach. Well, this preacher, he, James Rainwater was the one they pulled on. Mike Goodson's the one that done it. But he took all of his outlines out of his Bible. And, uh, and then they got down and prayed, and Mike stood up and said, I believe it be the will of God that James Rainwater preach. So James, he gets up there, and he's going through his Bible, going, and he ain't got any because Mike's got them all in there. And so when he got ready to finally, Mike let him kind of sweat for a few minutes. He said, here, brother, try one of these and give him his outlines, you know. You know, it's, uh, but I, I do, I fear, I fear getting here and not having, not having my Bible and my uh, outline with him. I also think about, I was thinking about getting old. You know, I, I think about that more now that I'm, I'm there. But have you know, you know, uh, uh, have you noticed that midnight comes now, as the older you get, at our house, midnight comes about nine o'clock now. We go to bed about nine. And uh, we, and, and I found this out. You're, you're telling somebody something happened. And you say the other day. And then you get to thinking about it. And that other day is somewhere between the other day and 15 years ago. Right? If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We, we live... Um, as y'all know, I do a lot of walking down in the park. I've been doing it off and on. Yes, for 35, 40 years. But the problem is, I've, I mean, I've already said this, I, I'm not trying to gain anything. I'm just trying to hold on to what I got. You know, just go down and say, I mean, you know, it's, it's too late. But we live in a world that's wrapped up in health, you know. And uh, I, I, when I first started down there, I see a lot of men walking, a lot of them walking. But now uh, I see it's a lot of women and a lot of mothers with with uh, buggies. Some got twins, some got two or three kids in it, and they're pushing that thing running, you know. And I, I'm doing all I can to walk, you know. And they're running with it. But 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 that when I, I'm saying all that to say this, that uh, about two years ago. I remember because me and the guy got into discussion, I run up on this older gentleman uh, on the, the trail, and he'd gotten disoriented on whereabouts he was on the trail. Now, he'd been in there before, but, but if you don't know the trails, you can get kind of lost on the trail. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not that far to the road. You just walk. You'll finally walk out. But he stopped and asked me. We got to talking, and, and he's 80 years old. 
and, we, and the reason I know that, I, I was going to brag on how old I was down there. And when I told him how, he said, you just a squirt, you know. He is 80, and I was 75. And, and, uh, but his, he said my claim to fame, now this was two years ago, that for the last 17 years, he'd run a Boston Marathon. And he said, now, uh, can, you, can you imagine 79-year-old man running a Boston? I, I'm not that old yet. I can't, I can't imagine me walking it, much less running it. But he said on the, 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 last, time, the, the, the last marathon they run, he said he was in mile 17. And he just got disoriented, failed. And when he went in, they took him into the first aid station and said, you can't run no more. But he's still walking. But here's, I'm saying all that is because we're going to look here in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, about the race. Now, I know every, every young preacher, I know when I first got started, I had a mission. This is not the one I had 40 years ago. But it, it is, we're talking about it now. In the Bible, Paul, all through the New Testament, he uses metaphors. I couldn't remember if it was metaphors or similes, so I had to call my son and ask him which one it was. It's metaphors. But he explains something with something that has nothing to do with what he's try- talking about, but it brings a point across. Like, if you go, in, you go into Second uh, Timothy chapter, I think it's three, he calls us soldiers, he calls us husbandmen, because of the, the life, what he wants us to do. He also calls us wrestlers, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He calls us fighters, because he talks about buffing himself, and then fighting, and, and, and then he tells us about putting on the whole armor of God. Now, we're not actually going to war physically, but we're going to war spiritually. And here, in... in, in, in uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, what he's doing, he's liking the Christian life to a race. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, am I, am I oh, there? I, some of you, I, like a, uh, I might maybe, but we're talking about the race here in Hebrews chapter 12. And, and what, what, he, what he's doing, he, what he's trying to do is get us to realize now, just like this, just like this guy here uh, 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 that I met in the park, the thing that we need to realize: the race that Paul is talking about is not a sprint, but it is a it is a lifetime. Once you get into the family, it's a lifetime thing. It's it, from the day you get into the family of God until the day you die. So it's not something that we need to realize what we're, that it's just something that we can do. You know, now I love to watch runners. I do. I watch them. I like to watch, I like to watch this, uh, what's that, Bolt's guy from Jamaica. He's, I mean, but have you noticed? He ain't the man no more. They got the young guys have come up. I mean, they, uh, who's ain't Bolt's, I think's his name. But he's not the man no more. But I, in the 100 miles for, what, the last 6, 18 years, he's been the man. 
Well, the thing that we need to realize that when Paul here, or the writer of Hebrews, is talking to us about the, the, the walk or the race of the Christian life. And look, in, starting in verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down with, at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us. We ask, Lord, that you help us as we stand. We pray, Father, that you'll give us the words to say. Lord, at, at what we've studied, we pray now, Father, that you'd uh, open our eyes spiritually, that we might see, that we might make application to our own lives in the, in the race that we run for our own life. We pray now, Father, that you have your way, and we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Now, here's the thing about it. <clears throat> the Bible tells us here that it says, Wherefore, seeing that we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, it says, Let us lay aside every weight. Now, when I run up on this guy in the park, now, it's not only talking about the cumber, I, th I thought about I thought about Christian in, in Pilgrim's Progress when he was in the, the sloth, you know. He had the back on his back and he's loaded down and he's getting all mired up and he's, and he's, and he's just got all that weight. I thought about bringing in a backpack and putting it on and having ten bricks in it, you know, and standing up here and preach with, with that on my back. But see, the thing about it is, uh, what there must there must be a preparation. We must get prepared to run the race of our life. Now I've been, you know, and, and the thing about it, I know in in, the, in preparing uh, to run a race, uh, or even in any type of sport, uh, I've not gone to many football games. I'm not a big football or baseball fan. I, I told my grandson, I said, you know, uh, Dylan, I said, me and your mother don't care one thing about baseball. But we love coming to watch you play baseball. Why? But I but I noticed he's played football this winter uh, there at Ridgeland and, and I noticed that, that he has to go to practice. And I noticed when I when I was in junior high we had one coach. I don't know if that's all we could afford, but we had one coach. He coached basketball, he coached baseball, he coached football, he got it. But Dylan there on that team, the, the team there he's playing for, he's got five coaches. I mean, you'd think it was a pro team. See, here's the thing about it. We, as we prepare, we need to get ready and get prepared to start finding out what we need to get rid of so that we can play or run the race that God set for us and if we've got that, got that weight on our back, we need to figure out how to get that weight off. See, now, Dylan, he, he, he goes and he practices, and they show him what to do, run through. Now, I don't know who the coaches are. I try to figure it out. I think they got a head coach, and then they got a line coach, and then they got an offensive coach, and then they've got a defensive coach, 
And we're talking 11-year-olds, you know? We're talking 11-year-olds, you know? But here's the thing about it. How do we get, hey, with that congressman, now you say, what are some of the weights that we have have, uh, have on our back? I was thinking, as I was looking at this, I thought about Colossians. Turn to Colossians chapter 3 with me, please. In Colossians, he's telling us, he's telling us there's some things that we need to put off. Look what, he's, look what he says down there now. He, he's talking about, it. well, in verse, I want to start at verse 5. He says, mortify therefore you, because I'm going to read that again, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affections, evil concupiscences, and covetousness, and which is idolatry. For the things which, for, for the things sake, the wrath of God cometh upon the children of a disobedience, in which ye also walk sometime when ye lived in them. Now here's what he tells us to put off. And these are things that are cumbersome to us in verse 8. He says, now, but now ye also put off. Now these, these affect us. They don't affect those that we have it against. But he's, look what he says. He said, all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. He said, lie not one to another, uh, seeing that ye have put off the, off the old man with his deeds. Now, he, see, he tells us that there's some things that we need to put off. Well, Now, how do I know what to put off? Who's my coach now that I'm a believer? I only have one coach. They call him the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit of God. Now, okay, now what does he use to show me what is his rules and regulations? Now, I, I, I hesitate to say that, but what, what does he use to show me the only thing that we have? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I, as, I re, as I come to church and sit under my pastor's preaching, as I come to Sunday school and I sit under my Sunday school teacher, as I read the word and study it myself, all those, guys, all those people are telling me the things in my life that I need to make application to my life that I can apply it, that I, that I know what I need to throw off so that I can prepare to run the race of the Christian life. But see, the thing about it is, we want to hold it just like Christian. He didn't want to let go of all that until he got to the wicked gate. And that's the thing about it. Look, and I've said this in here before, when we... <laughs> When Joe and I joined this church, y'all were glad that we joined. And I'm glad that you were glad. But when Joe and I showed up, we brought all our baggage with us. He said, oh, y'all don't have no baggage. Oh, yes, we do. I just ain't unloaded it on you yet. Uh, I, hadn't had, I hadn't had the opportunity or I had the place where I need to. Uh, but see, we come with our own back. And these are things the Bible tells us that we need to lay aside. Look, you know, I've, I've heard preachers talking about the uh, salad, but it says, let us lay aside. Let us, you know, lettuce and salad. I mean, we have a salad there. Let us lay aside the way that does so easily beset us. I mean, all of us have. Have, have our weights in our life. But not only does he tell us to lay aside 
all the weight that, see here's the thing, man, with all oil on my shoulders, how am I, hey, when you watch, a, when you watch the, the runners, now let me back up just a little bit, when you watch the runners, in, in, whether it be a marathon, whether it be cross country, whether it be a sprint, whether it be a relay, they stripped down to the bare necessity. They even did that in Paul's day. That's why Paul was making reference to lay aside all the way. How many times have you seen somebody run a 100-yard dash with a pair of brogan boots on? He's got the lightest things on that he can put on his feet. He strips, I mean, he's, that, and, and not only, not only, not only do they get rid of the, the weight, I, I was thinking, I, I like, I used to like to hike and backpack a little bit. Now, I've never done, uh, I've never done any overnighters, but I always dreamed in my mind, I believed I was man enough to do the Appalachian Trail. Now, that's 2,160 miles, you know, and I figured it up. If I walked, did 16 miles every day, didn't take a zero day, I could do it in, Four and a half months. But you know, uh, my son and two of his friends, they done part of the Appalachian Trail. And they done it in March. I forget the year. They were still in high school. We took them out and let, let them out there at, the, at, at, at Blood Mountain where they could go to Amicola, Amicola, Amicola Falls and... and uh, it had been warm all that time, and then that night, the, not that night, but the next night, it was going to drop down in the 20s in the valleys. And my son, now, a backpacker wants to have as light a backpack as he can. My son had a 60-pound pack. They want 40 at the most. They, hey, to cut back on the weight in that pack, they'll even cut the handle off their toothbrush. They'll buy titanium cups. They'll buy, they'll spend big money to cut back. But and and so I'm watching that. Now this is not part of getting the weight of, but here's the thing about it. But my son and, and their friends, they're packed up and I and we dropped them off. He's got, I don't remember what the other two had, but he had and they said if temperature was gonna drop, and I jumped out of the bed, I was watching the eleven o'clock news weather, and I said, Oh no, Joe! They're overpacked and unprepared. <laughs> and that's the way we are in the run of life. But not only did he tell them, he, look what he said. He said, he said let us lay, lay aside every weight. And I want you to pick this up. The sin. Not plural. Singular. We all... Have, when I first come back from Australia, they had this thing going around. What is sin for you might not be sin for me. Oh, you may not have trouble with the sin that I have, but sin is sin. No matter what it is, it is sin. It, we told us to over in, in Colossians chapter 3, go back over there just a second. It's what he did when he said lay aside. And here's some sins that he said. He said mortify therefore the, mem uh, therefore the members which are upon your, the earth. Uh, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affectionates, evil concupiscences. I have, I've always had trouble with that word. And covetousness which is idolatry. Now 
We know the Bible. See, how do I how do I know what is sin? I go to my coach. I'm preparing to get ready to run. See, here's the thing about it. If I don't have a clean mind and a clean heart, if I'm not, when I, it, when I get down in the blocks to run a race, if my mind's not clear and the only thing I got on my mind is running that race, I cannot run it properly. Happens all the time. Happens in sports. Using another sport illustration, I, I, I said this one time, I, I hate golf. I played it, now I played it twice. So I know what it's like, I hate it. But I, I, made, the, I made the mention that there's no, there, there, I mean, if you like golf, have at it. I don't, okay? I, if you want me to go with you, I'll walk with you, but I'm not playing. But, but, but we, hey, here's the thing, I said, I said, have you noticed that there is no defense in golf? That's why I like basketball and football. I mean, I, I had an opportunity to stop you from doing what you, but you don't have no opportunity. And old boy back in the back when I made that, he said, oh, yes, there is. Once you get in their head, you've got them. If, you're, if you can get in his head by a good play, you can get beat him with your offense is your defense. But see, here's the thing about what does the devil do with that sin that's in our life? He gets in our head with us and we're not effective on God working in our life. Not because, not because the Holy Ghost is not working in our lives. Not because the Bible's not true. It's because we've let him get in our head and we no longer can, no, we can no longer function. Now, we can go through the motions Tiger Woods, he's one of the best, but when he went through his trouble, you could tell Tiger wasn't Tiger. Again, I'm not a golfer. Once our adversary gets in this right, see, Randy Pike's got a message that he preached, the battle for the mind. It's up here. Now you say sin, sin's in that nature of mine. Now I've got a sin that's my weakness. I'm not about to tell you what it is. But he said, lay aside, he said, lay aside, he said, lay aside uh, every weight and every sin that does so easily beset us. That means that, that when that side, when, when, that, when, when he brings that to our attention, when he opens that uh, file drawer and brings it up to you, uh, it's, it's so easy. I mean, it works on us so easy. He knows. But you know, I've learned in my walk in the Christian life, it's not always my number one sin he goes to. It's number four or number five or number six, you know. He comes in through the back door. You got to be watching for it. He said, see, here's the thing. About, but we need to be prepared to let out to... When, when, we, when we're getting ready to run this way, we just, we just can't, we just can't, you know... You can't just jump up and now and there's no way there's no way I'd run against Clay. I don't know how much you're in shape, Clay. I have no idea. But I, I know that I know how if I get to back to the back door and I give out a gas. I understand that. But here's the thing about it. See, here's here's the thing about it. but now let's not only look at, 
at, at, at the preparation, but let's look at the spectators. Now the Bible tells us up here in, in verse 1, Wherefore seeing that we are so also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, pastor has taught us what that wherefore is there for. It's therefore we need to go back to what was previously been said before that's made mention. Now, I, as I've been studying this, I, and I'm not sure that I'm correct on this, but and, and a lot of people say, well, those men and women that we read about in the Hebrews chapter 11 are up in heaven watching us as we run our race. I, 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 now, I'm not trying to come up with nothing new. So if you did, don't believe I think what they, I think they were witnessing to the faithfulness of God. They, they're showing us, they're showing us in every one of their races that God was faithful to them while they were running, their, and most of them were running before they had the promise. You find that in Hebrews chapter 11. But they believed God. They trusted in God. They were looking for the promise. But they, they believe. Hey, when you when you read about when you read about in, in chapter eleven, you you read about you read about Enoch and you read about Abel and you read about uh, Noah. All those men, when God gave them a, 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 a something to do, then then they they fell through and they followed through and they believed God and they and and therefore they were able to do what God had them to do. That's running the race of life. See, they, 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 they uh, uh, believe that God would keep the promise. Hey, for God to come to me as, as he did Abraham and said, Now, look, Abraham, I want you to gather everything you've got up, everything you have. I want you to load it all up on your donkeys and your camels and your horses, and I want you to move. Most of us won't. Won't, won't hurry, we won't answer, answer the call that God puts on us to do here. He said, I want you to load it all up and I want you to start walking. But now, I'm not going to tell you where you're going, but I'll let you know when you get there. And Abraham said, look, God was faithful to me on the wall. Hey, when he told Noah, he said, look, Noah, I want you to build an ark. It's going to rain. Rain? What's rain? But Noah and his family labored for 120 years. And God told him, says, now I'm going to let it rain. I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it flood the whole earth. And God was faithful to that promise that he'd give to, to, to Noah. And no, and I believe. See, I believe that's what they're witnessing. And if you disagree with me on that, I, it's okay. I don't think it hurts the scriptures. But see, here's here's the thing about it. 
not, but not only is he referring to those that are in the Bible that, that, that have walked before us, but he's also talking about those that live around us now. When I, when, I, when I profess Christ as a believer, on that day, I put the spotlight on my life in front of unbelievers. I'm saying, look at me. I trust Jesus Christ in every circumstance, in everything of life. And he's going to take care of me because he's promised to do that. And I'll tell you this, the world has their eyes on you. I remember now, I don't know what ever happened to the woman, but I was thinking, I was thinking over this when I was getting ready to get prepared for this. Uh, we lived in Australia in Tooele, and we didn't, when you could drive down the street, you go this way. Now, the craziest thing in Tooele, if you wanted to chuck a U.E. and there wasn't a line in the middle of the road and using in the middle of town, that means make a U-turn. Chuck a U.E. That's what they call it, chuck a U.E. But you could just stop. The traffic behind you was stopping. You just chuck a U.E. But we parked at an angle. And Joe, uh, she parked at an angle, but when she backed out, I don't remember exact, but she bumped this woman's car or hit it with her car. So she just pulled back in and sat in the car until the lady come out. And the lady come out and Joe got out of her car and walked over and said, I hit your car. And the lady said, you hit my car? And Joe said, yes ma'am and I've been waiting on you. You waited. Her, it disarmed her when Joe let her know. See, what, what's that? Now I don't know if if God uses that and another believer comes along and hits that, but we must do right regardless. As old John Rice said, do right, do right. If the stars fall, do right. Amen. See, here's the thing about it. We have to live like that, but hey, we have to live according to the scriptures no matter what the world does. That means that when somebody does me, I can't get even. Jesus never opened his mouth the whole time they, they abused him. You say, that's passive. You say, what you want to. But he is our, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Now let's look at the race. I need to hurry. The life's walk. Look, I want you to notice now. I want you to notice. It says, let us run with patience. How do we get now, how does the Bible tell we get patience? Tribulation. To prepare. How many hours to prepare for a race or a run? How many hours do you spend on the road running to nowhere? I mean, you're just running down the road, running up a hill, running a circle. I mean, over and over. Can't you imagine how boring that gets? Boring. That's what my, that's what my young grandson, if he's doing something, and he, he said, this is boring. But I'm talking about you're to run, you're to endure no matter. Hey, you get shin splints. 
Your feet hurt. Your back hurts. Run with endurance. Or patience. I get my patience. Hey, when God takes me through something, it's preparing me to continue on down the track. I got to overcome that. We're to run with patience. It says, and I want you to notice, I want you to notice this. This this really stood out. It said, run with patience the race. Ah. Now did you notice as I read over there some of the men in in in, in Hebrews chapter eleven, not a one of them run the same race. Isn't that something? Now I just saw that just today. I said, thank you, Lord. You let me have a nugget. You know what that means, sister? You're not running my race. And you know what that means? I'm, I'm not running yours. And, and here's the thing about it. When I'm running my race, I'm not to compare my race with your race. That's where we get in trouble. I, you know, I, 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 I see these young preachers coming up, and, and I'm thankful for them, bud. I appreciate what, what you, I, you know, now I didn't get everything you said uh, Sunday morning, but I did get, get find out that, that I don't need to get better. I just need to submit. And then, 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 then Brother Edge, you brought about how, how that we need to forgive. Hey, y'all got some good stuff, man. Good stuff. But, but Clay, I'm not running your race. God's not allowing the things to come into my life to come into your life. But I'm to be faithful. I'm to run with patience. The race that God's placed me in and has me running. I'm not responsible for none of you in here. I got a big enough load being responsible for me. That's the reason I, I feel for pastor. See, here's the thing about it. He's pastor, and all that junk that Joe and I brought with us, that baggage, it's yours, buddy. <laughs> I, I, my, my friend A.J. McClure made this statement, he's, and I've used this in here. He said, when God called me to preach, he said, and you, you had to know his manner. He said, I visioned myself preaching to thousands. He said, he gave me a little old church over in Harriman, Tennessee, about 25 people. He said, I flushed them like a covey of quail. But A.J. run his right. He said, he said, I found out that people have problems. And if you've got 10 people, you've got 10 problems. And brother, you got 130 of us, 120 of us. You got a lot of problems. But hey, I'm not responsible for your race, and you're not responsible for mine. But here's the problem. Look at verse two. It says, "Looking unto Jesus." Go back over to Hebrews chapter eleven. What was they looking for? The promise. We have the promise. That's our goal. I'm to let everything that I do 
focus on him. When I run my race, hey, when they get down in the blocks and they shoot out of those blocks to run that race, they're looking for the finish line. The Bible said he's the author and finisher of our faith. He's my goal. That's the problem. That's the problem. Pastor, I, now this is before I told you I was going, we were kind of talking and he said, if you studied and I don't want to steal his thunder, but every time Jesus tried to get away, they wouldn't let him get, let him get away. And here's the thing. They were, and this is what we're all, we're all uh, guilty of this. We're wanting the blessing and we forget about the blesser. We use this, we say, uh, if you were to die today, do you know you would go to heaven? Hey, everybody wants to go to heaven. But here's the thing about it. If Jesus wasn't in heaven, it wouldn't be heaven. Jesus is what makes it heaven. He's everything. what it's all about. It's not whether I, I get, get to go on the streets of gold or that I, I live in a mansion. Whatever he gives, if it's, a, hey, now I'm not, I, hey, it tells me he's building me a man. He's, he's preparing a place for me. I'm not saying, but if, if, if it was a tar paper shack, it would be all I needed. I'm not saying that's what it is. That's a, hey, here's the thing about when Jesus saved me, he gave me everything I need. I want to ask you something. How are you running your race tonight? How am I running mine? I, hey, I live in hey, I live in a glass house. I'm not about to throw rocks at anybody. How are you running your race? Are you hey Are you preparing to run your race? Or are you just case of rocks or rock? What will be? Hey, we need, the Bible tells us to study. The Bible tells us to follow those that are leading us, to listen to those that are around us. That's part of our preparation. Are you laying aside all the weights? Are you getting rid of the sin in your life? Are you looking under Jesus? That's the key. That's the key. What was it D.L. Moody said? Take, take, no, it wasn't. It was C.H. person. Take your text and run as fast as you can to Jesus. He's it. I just want to try to help that we run in a race of our life. Look, we're secure, but there's people that are looking to us today and we have no idea how much faith that they have in us. And we're not the one they should have. I'll give you one more illustration and I'm done. I was working in American manufacturing. And we had this young lady that worked and she had a pretty good position, but she also had a colorful vocabulary. A sailor would be embarrassed. And I'm standing behind. She doesn't know that I'm standing by now. They call me the preacher. 
I wasn't the only one there, but that's what they referred to me as. And she's standing there, and I'm telling you, she's letting it rip. I'm not saying this to run her down. I'm just telling you. And she turned around, and she said, Oh, excuse me, preacher. I didn't know you was there. You know, and that really, for a moment, made me feel good. But then I said, I called her by name. I said, but I'm not the one you have to do. I said, I'm not the one you'll have to answer to. I do appreciate you showing me respect, but I'm not him. See, here's the thing about it. We live to shine him. We're like the moon. We reflect him. You know, the moon has no light of its own. I have no light of my own. But I'm to reflect him. Let's run our race the best we can. Stand with me. I'm going to pray and then I'll let brother. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you thanking you for the privilege of being your child. Thanking you, Father, that you place us in this walk of life. Lord, that you've given us the privilege that we might shine your light. As we tried to bring across the race of life or the walk of the Christian walk, Lord, we all have problems in this, but we're to look to you and we're to ask you and let you help us through every situation of life. We need to be like the believers in, in chapter 11 and trust you regardless of the circumstances or the situation of life. Lord, I realize that in life, I'm not, not trying to minimize, but in life, sometimes the burdens get so heavy that they, we think that they're all going to crush us. But Father, we know that you're able to give us, you say it, all of us that feel heavy and laden that come unto you and you will give us rest. We love you, Father, not because of what you do for us, but we love you just because of who you are. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's pray for our services on Sunday. Let's invite. And again, thank you, Brother Kern. What a great message. We appreciate it so very much. And we all have races for running. And, you know, think about it. We all have a race for running. If we all run the race that we're supposed to, what this church could do. Think about it. God bless you. Have a good night. Be safe.